evidence and answers. Every fall, thousands of Christian students leave for college, where they will make some of the biggest decisions of their lives, but also be confronted with serious challenges to their faith. Surveys show that a vast majority of these Christian students end up walking away from their faith after four years of college. Why is the faith of hundreds of Christian students dismantled in college? How can we help prepare our Christian students for the challenges of the college campus? Listen as Pat explains the challenges of the university and how we can prepare our Christian students to meet the challenges of the college campus. Here with part three and the conclusion to this message is Pat. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and provide biblical answers to the challenges Christians face today. Well, we know that every fall, thousands of Christian students leave for college, and there they will face some of their greatest challenges and make some of the biggest decisions of their lives. However, numerous surveys have shown a disturbing trend that the vast majority of those Christian students end up walking away from their faith after four years of college. But college does not have to be a wasteland experience for the Christian student. The college campus will definitely challenge one's faith in Christ in many significant ways. But if our students are prepared, they can face the challenge and their faith in Christ can be reinforced and strengthened rather than dismantled and shattered. And one of the best ways to prepare our students for campus life is to prepare them for the challenges they will soon face. Now, the challenges I placed in four major categories, social, spiritual, moral, and intellectual. And we covered several of those challenges in previous shows. In order to listen to those shows, if you missed any of them, go to evidenceandanswers.org and you can listen to this entire series. Not only the series that I have done, but also some of my guests who work on the university campuses. Now, in our previous show, we talked about the intellectual challenges that many of our Christians will face as they're on the university campus. And most Christian teens are not prepared for the intellectual assault they face when they go to college. Our Christian young people are not challenged to grow intellectually there in their youth groups and have a childish, immature faith that they carry on into college. And when they are confronted with a varsity level kind of arguments coming from their professors and their colleagues, they are unable to engage the ideas there on the university campus and provide good reasons and evidence for why they believe. And they find their faith unable to meet their challenges and their faith is often dismantled by the high level arguments that they are confronted with there on the university campus. And we talked about some of the dominant ideas there that challenge the Christian's faith on the university campus. We stated that the worldview of naturalism dominates the campus and that most subjects are taught from this perspective. Most of their professors are naturalists and are going to be teaching from this perspective. Naturalism is the belief that the natural world is all that there is. As Carl Sagan stated, the cosmos is all that ever was, is, or ever will be. So naturalism teaches that God does not exist. And most naturalists conclude religion is irrational without evidence and oppressive. And the vast majority of the college professors will be teaching from this perspective. Darwinism dominates the sciences, and not only the sciences, but all other academic arenas as well. It's the theory that the origin and diversity of life is the result 
of natural causes and that Darwinism is the only viable theory that explains the origin and diversity of life. There can be no other theory that challenges Darwinism. Therefore, many students will often face a underlying hostility when they challenge this theory or present the idea of an intelligent creator. Then there is the ideology of the relativism of truth. Based on the worldview of naturalism, God does not exist. Truth does not originate with God. Truth then originates with man. And since man does not know reality perfectly, and nor does he have omniscience and all knowledge, there is no fixed reality. Each person perceives the world differently. Therefore, there's no such thing as absolute truth or truth that is true for everyone. Each person creates their own reality and truth. Following the relativism of truth, there is the ideology of moral relativism. Since absolute truth does not exist, morality is relative, and each person's moral and ethical code is determined by each individual. The model then is do not judge anyone's morality or lifestyle as right or wrong. Built on that, we have the whole ideology of the new tolerance, that all beliefs, values, and lifestyles are equally valid and true. Therefore, we should tolerate all beliefs, values, and lifestyles. We should not judge anyone's beliefs, values, and lifestyles as right or wrong, true or false. That is intolerant. And that's the worst thing that you can be called there on the university campus. And following that is the ideology of pluralism, that all religions are equally true and valid ways to God. That they essentially teach the same thing. To question which one is true is to violate the social customs. That's something that is looked upon with hostility there at the university campus. We would accept all religions as equally valid and true. And many will find that there's a negative attitude toward Christianity on the university campus. As I read previously, Dr. Rob Coons, philosophy professor at the university campus, stated, It's gotten increasingly hostile toward the Christian faith especially in the classroom. When I was a student, the vast majority of teachers were not Christian, but a lot of people had the attitude that faith is a good thing and that we're not going to attack it or knock it. But nowadays, the view among many of the faculty is that Christianity is not only misguided and false, but actually pernicious and evil and should be stamped out. Any student, any student arriving at almost any college or university today will face that kind of attitude. And buying into these ideas that dominate the university campus, Darwinism, relativism, moral relativism, the new tolerance, pluralism, can have a very corrosive effect on your faith. Well, how do we meet the intellectual challenge that our students will face on the university campus? Well, this is why apologetics is so critical for every Christian, especially for our young people going to the secular university campus not only need to know what you believe, but why you believe. Nancy Piercy writes this, As Christian parents, teachers, and youth group leaders, we constantly see young people pulled down by the undertow of powerful cultural trends. If all we give them is a heart religion or an emotional religion, it will not be strong enough to counter the lure of attractive but dangerous ideas. Young believers also need a brain religion, training in worldview and apologetics to equip them to analyze and critique competing worldviews they will encounter when they leave home. 
if forewarned and forearmed, young people at least have a fighting chance when they find themselves a minority among their classmates or work colleagues. Training young people to develop a Christian mind is no longer an option. It is part of their necessary survival equipment. See, an emotional faith will only take you so far. Sooner or later, you're going to need good reasons why you believe in Christ. And that's why apologetics is so essential. Many of our young people go to the university campus with an emotional kind of faith, a faith built on emotion and experience they had as high schoolers. Yet when they are confronted with these powerful ideas, an emotional faith will only carry you so far. Sooner or later, you're going to need good reasons and evidence for why you believe in Christ. And can these evidences and these reasons engage the ideas on the university campus that oppose biblical teaching? That is why the study of Christian apologetics is so critical in the life of every believer, and especially our young people going to the university campus. One of the action plans we need to prepare our young people to face the challenges on the university campus, the intellectual assault that will come upon them, is to read books on Christian apologetics and develop a Christian worldview. And there are many great books on apologetics out there by men such as Norm Geisler, Lee Strobel, Ravi Zacharias, and many others. One, if I may recommend, is my book, Unless I See. It's a great book covering many topics. How do we know that God exists? Is truth relative or absolute? Are there many ways to God? How do we know that the New Testament is a reliable historical document? How do we know that we have the life of Jesus Christ? How do we know that he rose from the dead? That is a great book on apologetics to prepare young people for the intellectual challenges they'll face on the university campus. So I would encourage every young person to read a book on apologetics. I hope mine would be one on that list, unless I see. There are many good books out there that can prepare the Christian to defend his faith on the university campus. Then I would encourage Christian students to read material from Christian professors in your area of study. For example, if you're going to be a business major, there are great books on biblical economics and business ethics that you should be familiar with written from a Christian worldview perspective. Or if you're going into psychology, you should have a good understanding the difference between secular psychology and Christian psychology. The difference, there are some big and major differences there, especially in the understanding of human nature and how we approach psychology. If you're going into the sciences, you should read many good books written by scientists from a Christian worldview perspective that not only present the flaws in Darwin's system, but the evidence for intelligent design. So read material from Christian professors in your particular area of study so you can understand the Christian worldview when it comes to your particular arena of study there in the major in which you are going into. Unfortunately, there are no shortcuts for the Christian student. In fact, Christian student, I believe, must work twice as hard as a non-Christian student because not only do you have to study and know the material well, but you also need to know your Bible well and to be able to critique the things that you study and discern truth from error in the things that you are studying. So, 
There are no shortcuts here. The Christian has to work twice as hard as the average student. But that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ, to carry a cross daily and follow Him. We are not only called to learn the material that we are presented, but to also be able to discern truth from error in the things that we study. This is a valuable skill that every Christian should be able to learn. If they learn it in their high school and college years, it's a valuable skill that they can carry with them throughout the rest of their life. For the rest of our life, we're going to be having to discern truth from error in all arenas in which we study and in which we engage. Well, the final area I want to talk about is the classroom. How does the Christian face the challenges that arise in the classroom? Well, first of all, the Christian needs to develop the Christian mind. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 4 states, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual stewardship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will. One of the things that Christians must be able to do is they must be able to discern truth from error. They must develop the skill of discernment or critical thinking. Discernment is the ability to discern truth from error, especially when the error comes in a very well-disguised package. A lot of the principles that you'll be taught there in the classroom may be contrary to the Word of God, but they come in well-disguised packages, in very powerful kinds of arguments. And so the Christian has got to be able to discern their truth from error. How do we develop discernment? Well, first, pray for discernment. Secondly, you need to really study God's Word and filter what you learn through the Word of God. Is it consistent with biblical principles? Then you should discuss what you learn with mature believers. And there will be many upperclassmen who have gone through the courses you're studying. You can ask them for their evaluation on the things that you're studying. And there also may be Christian professors in those arenas where you're studying, where you can sit and interact with them and discuss the things that you are studying. And you can develop discernment by reading materials written from a Christian worldview perspective by scholars who have studied in that field and have analyzed the material from a biblical perspective. And the more that you read, the more that you interact, the more you're going to grow in your ability to discern truth from error. You know, I'm not a scientist and I wasn't a science major, but in the classes that I was taking... Darwinism and Darwin's theory of evolution, the evidence just seems so overwhelmingly in favor of Darwinism and against the idea that there was an intelligent designer out there. However, as I began to interact with upperclassmen who were science majors, I began to see the flaws in Darwin's system and the evidence for intelligent design. And as I continued to read from scientists from a Christian worldview perspective, I began to see a lot more clearly the basic flaws in Darwin's system and really the evidence for design and the existence of God. And the more I read and the more I interacted with both sides, the more and more I was able to see the strengths and the errors in both positions and to see 
that indeed there were some basic flaws in Darwin's theory and to see the powerful evidence for intelligent design. And as a result, I was able to discern, although I wasn't a science major, when it came to those science classes and the material that I was reading, I was able to discern truth from error and also to be able to articulate a defense for an intelligent designer. So it was a really growing experience as I grew in my ability to discern truth from error, a skill that has been very valuable for me in all arenas in which I study, not only in college, but well after college. I'm constantly, and we are constantly having to discern truth from error in all different arenas. So we need to develop the ability to have good discernment. Third, students need to learn to ask good questions and ask them humbly and respectfully. You know, most professors, and I teach at several colleges and institutes, we enjoy being asked questions from our students. If they're asking them politely and respectfully, if they're asking them disrespectfully and in a combative, argumentative way, I don't really enjoy that. But when you ask questions in a respectful manner. Most teachers enjoy that because it shows that you're listening and you're engaged with what the professor is teaching, even though you may not agree with him. And often by asking good questions, you can expose error in a professor's arguments. And in fact, there's a few stories of students who would go up to their professor after class and nicely have a discussion with them, just asking him or her some very good questions about the points they brought up. And often the professor didn't have an answer and would do research and would often change their position on their particular topic. And in fact, there's a few stories I have heard of students eventually, because of the questions they asked, years later their professor came to faith in Christ or belief in a God just because they saw that they were not able to answer some of the key questions that their students brought up and that the Bible, or at least the biblical worldview, provided some of the best arguments for the evidence that they were confronted with. So learn to ask good questions and ask them humbly and respectfully. Fourth, learn the material well, even if it's contrary to what you believe or what the Bible teaches, so that you will have credibility when you critique that particular theory or argument. Proverbs 18.13 states, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his shame and folly. So when critiquing a particular ideology, you need to know what the other position is and you need to know it accurately or else you'll be attacking what we call a straw man or making false assumptions and therefore making false arguments. And when your false arguments are exposed, you're really going to look foolish and your credibility is really going to waver. So you want to learn well the other position, even if it's contrary to yours, so that when it comes time to present your position, your critique of that other position will be indeed accurate and you're not making false arguments. For example, I did not agree with Darwinian evolutionary theory, but instead of ignoring what the professor was saying, it was very valuable to learn very well Darwinian evolutionary theory so that when it came my turn to present a case for intelligent design, one of the things that I did is to present the basic flaws of Darwin's theory. And in order for me to do that, I had to know Darwin's theory. And so because I was able to study it and come to a good understanding of it, the critique that I was presenting 
was indeed accurate. And I won the credibility there of my colleagues who listened because they understood. I knew what I was talking about when I was critiquing Darwin's theory and then presenting a case for intelligent design. So learn the material well so you'll have credibility when you present your critique and your argument for your position. So those are some of the many challenges that Christian students face on the university campus. Social challenges, spiritual, moral, and intellectual challenges. And I hope that the information I provided was practical but also very helpful in equipping and preparing your students to face the challenges that they'll face on the university campus. Now there are many resources, fortunately now, for the Christian students to prepare and equip them to engage the challenges they'll face there on the university campus. And may I say, a great website. There are many good websites out there, but I believe a good one is our website, evidenceandanswers.org. There they'll find many articles to answer the challenges they're going to face there on the university campus, not only from me, but from some of the top scholars from around the world defending the Christian faith. They can read those articles from those great scholars. But not only that, we have over 500 radio shows in which I interview some of the top scholars from all around the world addressing many of the challenges that they're going to face on the university campus. And those shows are free and they can listen to many of those shows when engaging those ideas on the university campus. And then I think one of the best things that parents and students and churches can do to prepare their student is to have a college prep seminar, a college prep week or a college prep weekend. And you can invite myself or other men and women, and we can do a whole weekend or a week seminar where we can really prepare them for the challenges that they will face on the university campus. We'll equip them in apologetics, but also in the Christian worldview so that they'll go on the college campus prepared and equipped and ready to face those challenges. That's one of the best things you can do. Our seminars are not only informative, but they're also fun, taught by myself and some of my friends that will really equip students for the challenges they're going to face there on the university campus. So for more information on that, go to our website, evidenceandanswers.org, and you can find out how to contact me and set up one of these seminars. Get your pastor or youth pastor to call their buddies in ministry and get your youth groups together so that there'll be a good number of teens, many of whom they may meet, who'll be going to the same colleges that they're going to. And they may come together and we may have a great weekend and a great seminar preparing our young people to face the challenges of the university campus. That's one of the best things you can do. So for more information, go to evidenceandanswers.org or contact us at 808-483-0586. And I'd be happy to arrange one of those weeks or weekends where we can really equip and prepare our young men and women to be ready for that university experience. That It would not be a wasteland experience for them, but it'd be a time where their faith can be reinforced and they can really thrive in the friendships that they make and the things that they learn they will carry for the rest of their lives as their faith is strengthened and reinforced there through their years of college.
You've been listening to Pat address the challenges of the university campus. I'm sure this presentation has raised a lot of concerns as you and your church prepare to send your students off to college. One of the best ways to prepare your students is with an Evidence and Answers College Prep Conference. If your church has students in college or preparing to go to college, contact Pat at evidenceandanswers.org to arrange a college prep conference this summer or perhaps this winter break. Contact youth pastors in your area or denomination and invite Pat and his team to equip your students to meet the challenges of the university and thrive in every way during their college years and beyond. College does not have to be a time where a Christian's faith is shipwrecked, but a time when faith is reinforced and strengthened. But this will only happen if our students are prepared for the challenge. So write to Pat today at evidenceandanswers.org. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed Pat's show today. If you find this broadcast to be a blessing, please consider partnering with us. Evidence and Answers relies on generous donations from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to donate and keep us on the air, you may do so right there online on the homepage of our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. You'll find we have a wide variety of resources available to you, including articles, additional audio, and Pat's books. Evidence and Answers is grateful for our key sponsor, Highland Capital Management, providing investors with alternative investment solutions. To learn more, visit them online at hcmlp.com. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide reasons for faith and hope in Christ right here on Evidence and Answers. Yeah.